This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. Copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. All rights and credit go directly to its rightful owners. No copyright infringement intended. Welcome to the third episode of My Guria, and I am your host, Jules Finley. As I have said before, this show is uncensored, and I'm going to keep it uncensored. There's no point of censoring any of this shit. Well, if you listened to the original pilot episode, which is episode A, this one's episode C, in case you're wondering, I already told you what the fuck My Guria is. If you haven't figured that out by now, Please go back and listen to episode A before proceeding. Today we'll be discussing more shit, mostly music, movies, other ideas I've come across, and anything else I feel like rambling on about, because there's going to be a lot of rambling. Get comfortable, I guess. Actually, I don't really give a shit either way. Welcome to episode C of My Guria, and i um, surprised that there actually is a episode C. I didn't think I was going to be doing an episode C, given the fact that I hadn't had anybody leave me a voice message. Well, it appears I have three of them, so these will be featured throughout this particular episode. And... Obviously, as you can tell so far with the tone of my voice, I'm a little more calm than I was last week. I was I was really on edge. Let's say last week. When the fuck did I do that? Probably two weeks ago. I don't know. Uh, that doesn't matter anyway. But yeah, I'm much more calm than I was how I started episode B. I was in... I was pretty livid overall. I was just irritated. And I was just ranting, which is fine because... <laughs> I think some of you like to hear the rants and I can still rant at a much more calm tone if I'm if I'm so inclined to do so. But today I'm a bit more relaxed than I had been. First of all, uh, some good news is that I will be getting Botox and no, not to look younger. I, I have to say, I mean, it's one thing I will toot my own fucking horn about is that I may be in my mid 40s, but. Many people keep telling me I don't look like I am. I'm not getting Botox for that reason. (laughs) I'm getting Botox for these fucking migraines. And I've had some extremely bad ones this past week. So even though I am apprehensive about going through Botox, because it is a fucking poison. I mean, it's it's (laughs) botulinum toxin. It sounds like the most shady type of (laughs) treatment. It almost sounds as bad as like bloodletting with leeches to be honest with you but 
I have been dealing with this fucking migraine issue since I was 35. So this is going on 10 years of this shit, and it seems to be getting worse every year. And uh, it doesn't seem, yeah, you know, like I said, it doesn't seem to be letting up anytime soon. So Botox is my absolute last resort because I've tried every fucking thing else there is to treat this shit. So hopefully that will be the ticket. I'm sort of hopeful, but I'm more apprehensive than I am hopeful because shit never really works out for me. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this show if, if things worked out well for me because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. If things worked out well for me, I would be too busy to bother with something as fucking lame as this podcast. So I guess what I'm getting at is I'm not actually I'm not really sure what I'm getting at here. I just would like to move on to another subject because at least I had a bit of good news, if you want to call it that. I wouldn't really call getting Botox for migraines fucking good news, but at least the insurance is going to cover it because that was the that was the debacle I was having was that the insurance company was being fucking pricks about it. So now I finally got that ironed out. I'm just going to go through with it. I hope that I don't end up disfigured or look like I have a fucking stroke or Bell's palsy or whatever the hell that shit's called. And I can actually function without feeling like like I'm in the fucking movie scanners. Well, other than that, other decent news I have to offer is I finally got my house recited, and uh, I love it. I do. I it, my house was looking real shitty, and considering I couldn't go on any vacation this year because of fucking COVID, I guess whatever money we were going to spend. Well, actually, the, the amount of money I spend on vacations is much fucking less than what was spent on siding. Um, but we got c- completely new siding, fucking uh, new insulation, soffits, gutters, fascia, all that shit. Everything was just fucking replaced. And it looked freaking awesome. It does look awesome. I'm not going to share any pictures of it because, well, I shared it on my personal Facebook page and Instagram account. But I am not showing that on my uh, my Gurria Facebook page because that's um, public and I don't want people knowing every fucking thing about me because this is only going to what I'm going to reveal on the show is what I want to reveal on the show and my home address isn't one of those things (laughs) I don't need anybody showing up at my door some fucking stalker or some crap like that yeah like yeah right like like I'm like I'm at that age in my life where I'm going to get stalkers I'm not in my fucking 20s (laughs) but anyhow so that that they're not quite done. They still have to uh, install the gutters on Monday. Actually, they're gonna be doing that while I'm at the doctor getting the the fucking Botox shots in my head. <laughs> what a lovely thought! Getting injections in the tightest skin on your body. It's gonna probably feel really good. It's probably gonna feel about as good as like a fucking tattoo on top of your foot what that whatever the hell that fucking area the really where their skin's really tight where it's not that i know what tattoos feel like because i know i don't have any of them never felt the need to to get one there's nothing that i felt i would be carry I, I i never felt like i needed to carry some kind of branding on my skin throughout my life i mean i'm the type of person that yeah i went through my phases of looking as bizarre as i felt like doing it but my stipulations were it always comes out in the shower and some people, it's not enough for them. 
I can't, I can't knock anybody who gets that. I mean, if you want to go through that, that's fine. I'm just not one of those people. As long as you don't get bad tattoos or scattoos is what I like to call them because they're so shitty. I wrote an article about that eh, about 10 years ago on Pop Shifter. You know, scoured various websites looking for the worst examples of fucking tattoos that people felt the need to photograph and show. And... <laughs> I mean, it was just basically a list of major fucking mistakes. <laughs> Enough about that. A few things I, uh, I'm going to be covering in this episode. Obviously, like it's episode C, so there's going to be a music component to it. I will talk about film, at least one film that I've watched. I haven't watched as many films as I did last time. Also showcase a shitty job that I came across. And ooh, this is a fucking good one. I don't know how I could top last the one I, re- I read last week. But this one, yeah, I think this one might be, this one might be even more obnoxious than the last one. It's hard to say. I mean, they're, they're, that's how, that's why I'm doing this segment is because they're so fucking bad. Like the, the people that place these ads, it's like, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> This type of shit needs to be exposed, and it's always for some ridiculously low wage for somebody to put up with more shit than no one should ever have to put up with this shit on the job. And, uh, oh yeah, another segment I'm going to be introducing, I don't know if it'll be a recurring one or not, but I will be going over, um, this is not something I deal with, but I have friends who are single. I can't even imagine trying to date during this COVID shit. But even before the COVID shit, this was still an issue for my single friends. I do not envy any of you guys. (laughs) I'm not making fun of you either. That's not it. It's just the selection of what you have to pick from out there is so grim. And it's worth finding the worst dating profiles, personal ads, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And no, I'm not going to name names. I mean, I'm not that cruel. But some of this shit, some of these like standards that people expect or think that are, I guess, personality traits, this shit just needs to stop. I mean, things that are listed as interests are not even really interests. They're like fucking, I don't know, soapboxing crap. I don't know. It's ridiculous. And all I can say is I do not envy the single people in this world that are uh, that are alone you know i feel bad for you guys it's it's not fair because i know plenty of people who and people thinking well why don't you hook your friends up together oh i don't know maybe because they're fucking spread all over the goddamn world and nobody lives in the same place so what the hell good here here's another long distance relationship that's not going to work out because you remind me of so and so no 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 that's not how it's going to work but There is something I am going to showcase along this uh, idea of um, dating in in this day and age or whatever. Ages ago, I'd say this was actually about 20 plus years ago, a friend of mine who I'll refer to as Tommy Snot (laughs) did a recording. I guess you could call it a spoken word recording. There was there was the intent of putting music behind it, but it, it just never got to that point. Well, I was going through some old uh, computer disks looking for some old design project that I was trying to see if I still had. And I found on a disk that recording. And I'm like, I think I'm the only I don't even know if he has a recording of this, but I re-listened to it and it was so fucking funny. I was like pissing my pants and I do do a small cameo in it because there has to be like a you know, a female, not even a female voice, just another person's voice for him to like do a call and response to. So, you know what, I'm going to start this, this uh, episode off with that. 
this is Tommy Snot's rant. <laughs> and I, I'm serious. I think this was recorded, I, I, I'm guessing, 1997 or 98. Um, this is called Matchmaker. Enjoy. Where did you come from? Why does it always seem to happen at the same time? Right when I seem to be at my most content stage in life. When everything is fine and I'm happy, or about as happy as I'm going to get anyway. I've got plans. I've got big plans. I've got places to go. I've got things to see. I've got people to do. It never fails. When it seems nothing can go wrong, you show up. All was well until you came busting through my space like a rhinoceros just escaped from the zoo looking for somewhere to wreak havoc. Busting through the front window of my private life that I've carefully tinted just to keep your lame ass from peeking in like some undersexed voyeur spying on a helpless piece of snatch in the shower. Breaking every carefully placed plan with that big ass horn in the middle of your fucking face that always reads the same thing. Matchmaker. Who the fuck are you to come into my life and try to systematically destroy everything I've done to get it in order and wad me up like a snot wad and spit me into a heaping pile of relation shit? So when are you and Susie gonna hook up? Fuck you! The only way I'm ever gonna hook up with anyone named Susie is if her name is spelled S-I-O-U-X-S-I-E. Bitch. You two are perfect for each other. How the fuck do you know? The only person who's perfect for me is me. Only I know my every want, my every desire. No one puts out for me quite like me. I am my own personal sex slave. When I'm horny, I just snap my fingers, surf the web, and we're off. Me and Rosie Palmer. And goddamn am I good. No one makes me come quite like me. And the best part, I don't have to cuddle afterward. That was Tommy Snot's matchmaker. No, it doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with being C-related. But <laughs> goddamn, was that fucking funny? I feel like I should be. The, I, I I shouldn't be the only person other than him who's heard this clip before. Maybe some of our older friends, our our mutual friends, have heard it. But I'm sure none of you have heard it in the past twenty fucking years. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. Anyhow, here we go with the really horrible dating profile slash personal ad. This one was sourced from, I believe, OkCupid, perhaps? Not quite sure, because this was sent in to me. But here is what this particular profile says. So this was, uh, this one is called, her name is Jenna. She's 23 from Kansas City, Missouri. This is her self-summary. My name is Jenna. I'm 23. I just moved from Cleveland, Ohio to Kansas City, Missouri. I love drawing, makeup, and music. I'm pretty short, only 5 foot 1. Okay, so far not too horrendous. I have medical and mental health issues like CRPS, gastroparesis, BPD, and DID. Oh, here we go. Okay. If you have any questions about them, just ask away. I'm sure she's going to tell you every fucking thing. <laughs> I'm an open book. I'm not really sure what I'm looking for, but one thing I do know is I am not looking for hookups. I just recently got out of a long-term relationship, so right now I'd say I'm more open to making friends and possibly seeing where that goes. Anyways, I'm shit at introducing myself. 
Yeah. So ask me whatever you want to know. What I'm doing with my life. I'm currently getting a BA in psychology and then will get a master's in mental health counseling to become a therapist. Good luck with that. All right. Here she says she's pansexual. She's monogamous and she's into women. And apparently part of her personality is uh, a hashtag that says Black Lives Matter. She uses she, her pronouns. She's white, politically liberal, no shit. Speaks English, unemployed, in college, and an atheist. She smokes cigarettes sometimes, drinks sometimes, smokes marijuana sometimes. She doesn't have any kids and doesn't want them. Eh, I hear you. And then she has a cat. And here's the last tidbit. Looking for people for short and long-term dating, hookups, and new friends. Didn't she just fucking say she's not looking for any hookups? But, gee, I wonder why this gem is single. So, if you have any, uh, if you look at personal ads slash dating profiles, feel free to send me in the fucking worst ones. I mean, I know there's probably worse than this, but this is pretty fucking bad. I mean, as far as what... You just have to, you just sit back and you're like, well, obviously this person's fucking single because they're fucking nuts. Why would anybody want to date this person other than to fuck them? (laughs) I know I'm fucking mean. I don't give a shit though. But yeah, if you have any, uh, if you get, if you see any uh, dating profiles or personal ads that are fucking horrendous, please send them in to uh, MyGaria. You can either send them, you can either, I don't know, you could actually do the, vo- the voice message thing by going to anchor.fm MyGaria or slash MyGaria and going to the message button. You can read one off to me or you can send me a screenshot or whatever the fuck it is. You can send it directly to uh, the MyGaria Facebook page. You can just send a, a message on Messenger or you could send directly to mygaria at gmail.com I look forward to seeing more of these pieces of shit anyhow since this is episode C of mygaria let's get down to the music that I was going to be playing anyway here's the surprise I'm actually going to ditch the idea of playing anchor FM's measly fucking Spotify clips in favor of how I actually had to re-edit my first episode, the pilot episode, because the sound clips half the time didn't fucking work in the last episode, and they were more of a pain in the ass than they were worth to even deal with. It's actually easier for me to work with a sound file on on my editing software since I use Adobe Audition for this. I'm going to say, fuck it. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. If Anchor wants to kick me off, let them fucking do it. I don't give a shit. I mean, that would be bad news for you guys if you love what you're hearing. But hey, <laughs> either way, I, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want with this. So what I'm going to do, since this is letter C, it's pretty obvious. I am going to play Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds. Of course I'd play Nick Cave on a letter C episode. That's how you're going to find his music organized in a music store is is under the letter C. And that's exactly how it is in my own library. And it probably should be the same in yours too, because you can't really, you can't really organize Nick Cave by a genre. He's, he's not, there's nothing, there's no genre he falls under. So the song I'm going to play, and he has such a vast catalog of music that I could truly pick fucking anything 
and I could pick something that probably a lot of other music commentators, they pick the cliche shit. There's nothing, I mean, I don't mean shit, but they they pick the same stuff. And I don't think, I, I don't, no, I don't, it's not that I don't think, I'm not going to fucking do that. What I'm going to do is play a song that no matter how many fucking times I've heard it, I've never gotten sick of. And it's because the lyrics are so fucking good. They really are. They're, the lyrics are, they paint a fucking image in your head. And it's why I got into him in the first place. I mean, I had been hoping to come across a lyricist that was on par with Ray Davies. And still, I think Ray's a better lyricist, and I always will think that. But it's hard to find lyricists this good. And this particular song is fucking awesome. That's the only thing I could say about it. It's fucking awesome. So the song I'm picking, and I'm going to play as long of a clip as I feel like it to hone in on a particular verse that never ceases to impress me. So I'm going to play from their 1992 Henry's Dream album. Here's the clip of Papa Won't Leave You, Henry. And I came upon a little house, a little house upon a hill. And I entered through and the curtain hissed into the house with its blood-red bowels where wet-lipped women with greasy fists crawled the ceilings and the walls. And they filled me full of drink and they led me round the rooms naked and cold and grinning until everything went back and I came down spinning. I walked so drunk and full of rage that I could hardly speak. A bag and a whalebone corset draping his dick across my cheek. Well, it's into the shame and it's into the guilt and it's into the fucking fray. And a wall's red, red around me, a warm arterial spray. Say, Papa won't leave you, Henry. Papa won't leave you, boy. Papa won't leave you, Henry. Papa won't leave you, boy. And you just heard Nick Cave's Papa Won't Leave You Henry from the 1992 Henry's Dream fan fucking tastic song album. I, th- I think that's still, it's hard for me to say if that. Henry's Dream and Tender Prey tend to be like, if I'm going to listen to Nick Cave, those are the ones I'm going to go to first. And because everything on both of those albums is just perfect. But I think I kind of have more of a soft spot for Henry's Dream. I think for, I mean, for years, I always said it was my favorite. But I, I, you know, it's when you, when you revisit some things, you kind of like reappreciate things more than you did initially. That one I've never lost any appreciation for. So that, that's where I'm going to leave it with, leave it like that. And we'll go on to another music clip. Um, this is actually the, the one of the latest albums I've purchased. Believe it or not, I've actually been out and about buying music occasionally during this lockdown. COVID. Yeah, episode C, C for fucking COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. Cunt, cock, crap, whatever. <laughs> 
But yeah, anyhow, I've I've picked up. I've been going to the very few record stores that even still remain, and I'm a digger. And I will go into a store, even though I'm getting more decrepit. I don't really like climbing under shelves and bins to look for the cheapest shit. But I'm a cheapskate. See for cheapskate. And, you know, I, I've got a little more selective because I mean, over the years, I mean, I haven't, I've amassed a large collection, but there's some things in there that I just wish I never fucking got in the first place. And it's, I can't even get rid of, I mean, there's no market for it. However, this particular album I picked up now, I've been wanting it for a while. It's just not something you find every day and especially not in Northeast Ohio. You're not going to find this one all that often. And uh, the last time I've actually seen a copy of it was uh, when I went to Lisbon, in Portugal, that is. (laughs) Not Lisbon, Ohio. Lisbon, Portugal, probably one of the best places I've ever vacationed to. So great, I went twice. But the first time I went, I uh, was walking through this this area called Balaam. And there's, you know, a bunch of sightseeing around there, you know, monuments, museums. It's a really nice area. It's a, it's a, if you ever go to Lisbon, that's a, an ideal place to spend a day or two. And as I was there, there was like this, a flea market going on in a park. And, you know, there was, you know, lots, mostly tables of shit, but you know, there was, you know, stuff you'd find used, you know, used items, used things. There was a table that had a bunch of movies on it. And, and while I wanted to look at that, I'm like, mm, no, that's the PAL format. I'm not going to be able to watch it in the United States. So it's pointless. But music's different and how it's and what platform it's on, you know, and there were some tables of CDs, which I bought some, you know, random Portuguese shit, because when I do when I do go on these vacations, I really do like to find things that are um, specific to the region. And I do even if it's a sampler, it doesn't really matter. I will look for something cheap and only from that country. Now, what I was getting at is this this flea market. There was some tables of vinyl. There was some shit in there I freaking wish I could have brought back with me. But there is really no fucking way to bring back 12-inch size of vinyl (laughs) in your (laughs) carry-on. Even if you want to do it in the check-in, which I'm never going to pay for fucking check-in unless that's the only way you can do it, the only way you can travel. If they eliminate every other option... Um, either way, you don't stick vinyl in a suitcase or a carry-on item. I mean, you can, might be able to get away with a 45, which I've done, but actual records are just really gambling. So the album I found that I was like, this is the last time I saw this album, was Cerrone Searcher Supernature. And the album cover is so <laughs> fucked up. Which is which is why I wanted to buy it, but I also knew the song Supernature, and it's like probably I'd say it's probably one of the best disco songs ever fucking made, and, and it's something that I don't think people realize there's actual lyrics to it because it's such a long you know dance song, but the lyrics were actually written by Lena Lovitch, and she doesn't sing in it; they have different singers on it. You if you pay attention to lyrics and you hear what the story is, it is some kind of like fear of like like an environmental breakdown of things changing and they shouldn't change. And there was actually a video made for Supernature that is as fucking weird as the album cover. In fact, it's it's pretty creepy. It's got like that 70s haze on the lens. It's got that, you know, just a creepy veneer to it. Kind of old, creepy, people wearing creepy masks in it. You know, it's just, it's got this unsettling feeling about it. So without uh, any more introduction here, here's whatever, well, my clip I can play, which you might have noticed uh, the clip I last played was a bit longer than the 30 second piece of shits that I've had to deal with with Spotify. 
No, I can't just play a, a random bit of a song in with no like context to it, or where you can't even really fucking tell where the song's going. So I'm gonna go a little longer on these. I don't give a shit. This is Citerone, or if you're gonna say it in Italian, Chironi, Supernature. And here's yet another bad dating profile, personal ad, whatever you want to call it. Same type of shit. This one has been sourced from Craigslist. And boy, this is really charming. I'm just going to go ahead and read this one. I'm sure you guys are going to be like falling over yourselves trying to contact this lady. First time pregnant single MILF looking for sexual pleasure, 24. Hello, good people out there. I am young and first-time pregnant MILF looking for someone spatial, because she can't fucking spell, who will take care of my sexual interests. This might be the worst punctuation I've ever fucking seen. I don't have any condition with race and age. Oh, not too picky, guys. But must be take care of me gentle. This, I'm reading exactly what it says here. Let me let me Let me start that again. But must be take care of me gentle because I don't want any trouble from my upcoming baby. In other words, guys, she doesn't want you to use, she doesn't want me to use like a hand puppet or, you know, have any fucking, any instruments or tools shoved up in her orifices. She doesn't want you to give her an abortion, basically. If you have enough experience, then you're welcome because I'm not looking for any armature person. Uh, I think she meant to say immature, but it says A-R-M-A-T-U-R-E. Armature person. Okay, armchair person. You can play with my pussy and also ass. Oh, are you guys lucky? If can come on my ass without any protection. So if you think you are ready to meet, then please, please, as in please, PLZ, please visit my dating profile here for you. Okay, you know, I'm not going to give all that up. Just copy and paste that at your browser. And you will find me there, and we will chat first at face-to-face. You better hurry up, guys, because this one, she's she's looking to, she's ready to drop. So, and here's one more bad dating profile personal ad. This one's for the ladies. Oh, yeah. Fresh out of prison, 29. How are you? About me. I'm 29 year old, single white male. 
Five inches ten, which I believe they mean to say five foot ten. 175 pounds, brown slash hazel. I take pride in my appearance. Fresh lineup always. Just so you know, the spelling and um, uh, grammar and punctuation is unfucking believable in this. I am on home confinement. I just finished with two-year federal prison sentence for conspiracy drug charges. I have my own car, my own money, a place to stay, and a job lined up once I'm done with house arrest. I enjoy reading, going to and watching sports, working out, cooking, especially grilling, getting tattooed, boozing, trailing out of town. I'm a Miami boy. I had to cut back on 420 due to probation. I enjoy being around a woman with a strong sex drive. Mine is especially strong due to being locked up for two years. I wonder if he was cornholed. Overall, I am very relaxed, outgoing, and like having a good time. What I'm looking for, a female ages, a female ages, okay, that's, dude, man, fucking learn to write, I guess, 18 to 35 years old, no racial preference, as few kids as possible, (laughs) I have no kids myself, tattoos not needed but welcome, smokers and drinkers welcome, 420 okay, I'd like an independent woman who know how to have fun. I'm not obsessed with looks, but prefer a woman who is in good shape. No BBWs, please. And no precious lookalikes. LOL. Oh, what a charmer. My name is Jason. You've seen pics of me, so so a pic of you would be welcome. Text me at, and I'm not going to give his number. Fresh out of prison, ladies. I mean, wow. Okay, well, that I had to be fair here. I couldn't just focus on the desperate women ads. I had to I had to show an example of a of a of a man looking for a lady in his life. So I encourage you if you guys are actually single and you are looking at this kind of shit, please send me the fucking worst shit that you come across. Now I don't expect. I mean, because the thing is, I know everyone's got their standards, and some need to be more picky. Honestly, I mean, I've seen. Never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick on anyone's specific uh, mate or partner, but some people really should have not stopped. You know, they should have. Whatever. I'm not gonna go on with that. But yeah, if you have any more shitty personal ads slash dating profiles you've seen, like I said, send me a send me a screenshot. Um, send me I don't care if it's a voicemail of you reading how bad this is. I'd love to hear it. And when I hear these things, I'm just so fucking glad I'm not single. So if you enjoyed this segment and want to hear more of it, feel free to send me some kind of because I, I don't really troll dating websites. I don't have any reason to. <laughs> No, seriously, if you guys have got, if, if you, if any of you are single and fucking look, actually look at dating profiles, please send me the fucking worst of the worst. I, I, I get a kick out of this shit. And hopefully you did too here, this new segment on my Gurria. What do a dildo and tofu have in common? They are both meat substitutes.
I'm excited here to include my first voice message that was left for me after much poking and prodding and crying and pleading for me. I'm very happy that I actually got some feedback on this and people actually took the time to do it. So the first one comes from an old friend of mine named Aaron Fleming, and he has a very good question to ask. Hey, Jules, it's Fleming. Uh, you wanted a voice message, so here's one. Hey, you like to talk movies. Let's talk about the fact that there's nothing original in Hollywood coming out as feature films like you go to the movies to see. Not a friggin' thing. Nothing original. It's always these reboots and remakes of old movies or ripping off an old Shakespeare play or ripping off Greek theater. There's nothing original going to the theaters. And the original stuff makes it DVDs or it makes it into, like, cable but you never see it going in the movies. Why is that? What is this crap? Or, like, do they not make freaking... Or, like, the Avengers. Really? I mean, Marvel's all cool and everything, but really, you know, how many reboots of freaking, you know, comic books do we need to do? You know, Batman, Superman, all this other crap. It's garbage. What's your take? Hey, Fleming. Great to hear from you. I haven't seen or heard you in... Shit, how long has it been, man? I absolutely fucking agree with everything you just said. It's disgusting the way there isn't a, an original story anymore. It's just fucking regurgitated. It, and it's not even good regurgitation. It's like they just keep fucking churning out the same shit over and over again. It's just I, I can't even watch new movies. I mean, that's pretty much what it boils down to is very, very few films that have been that are newer films. I have enjoyed in the past shit 15 years. Because, yeah, all it is is fucking superhero, Marvel comics, remakes of films that never needed to be remade. Like, I hate when they take which was originally a great film and they have to remake it into something. Don't touch things that didn't need to be corrected or could be improved upon. If they're going to make remakes of films, I think it would be best if they took a film that didn't have quite the budget but had a strong story and turn it into something better. And the thing is, there's been very few times I can I can agree with a remake that actually improved upon the original formula. And I, I, two that come to, come to mind immediately is uh, Willard that had Crispin Glover in it that came out... Oh, Sometime. I think it's, it was a while ago now. I'm guessing 15, 16 years ago, maybe longer. But that was one of the few instances where a, a remake usurped the original film. And that one, I fucking love that remake. But there's so few that ever go anywhere where it's improving on anything. Because Ben, the original film, Ben or Willard, I'm not sure if Willard or Ben came first. I think it was Willard, was a stupid movie. And I mean, I like low budget shitty films. But it was stupid. The acting was bad in it. It was it was just it was an unusual premise, but it wasn't executed well. Well, that was a time when a remake actually improved upon the original. And that was one of the only few instances I can recall off the top of my head where I'm like, this is so much fucking better. And this is how they really should go about doing remakes of films is if they can improve on the original formula. Don't try to like outdo the original formula because it's like that's what made the film great as it is. So I, I can't, I hate when they do remakes of like one of the ones I want, I, I didn't watch the remake of it cause I'm not going to watch the remake of it. Cause I'm like, I don't fucking need to. The original was perfect was, uh, Suspiria. And I've seen ads for that all over fucking Amazon prime. And I, I just don't give a shit. I don't care who the fuck's in it. I don't, I don't need to see it. I don't want 
the you know the Argento version of that his vision. I don't want it clouded with. It doesn't need to be fucking done. It was you don't you don't mess with a good formula. You mess with shit. You make it better. I I I don't know. I agree with everything you're saying about that, Aaron. Definitely. Um, it's something that's been in my craw for like fucking years now, and I, it's just like I can't. My husband and I were like talking to each other. It's like when the when was the last time we actually went to see a movie? And this is, you know, and I'm talking pre-COVID shit. When was the last time Jim and I decided, hey, there's something worth going to see at the movies? The last film I can remember going to see was The Witch. And yeah, The Witch was really fucking good. It's one of the few options, or few, I want to say options, few films that was an original script and it was very well done. And that reminds me, I still need to see uh, The Lighthouse, which I will see at some point. It's in my fucking queue on Amazon, but trying to battle that with these migraines. And I, and I know it's done by the same filmmakers, and uh, and I love Willem Dafoe. He's one of those actors that he's he is fucking, he is good in even a bad movie. Like, I mean, even a shitty film like fucking Speed, <laughs> he was a great villain in it. But everything else about it was just fucking shit. But enough about that and... But I will talk about, you know, as far as films go, I really don't watch that many new films. And yes, Fleming, every fucking thing you touched on there, I couldn't agree more with because it is. It's, it's, it's just fucking just garbage. It's garbage. It's, it's, it's nauseating. All right. Enough ranting about how much fucking the film industry is just, is a piece, just a piece of shit. I did actually watch one film and I will do a quick review of that. It was from sometime in the mid 80s. I think 86, 87. It don't, I don't even really know why I picked this one out. I don't know. I just wanted to see something just different, I guess. And it was a film called The Dead of Winter. And it starred Mary Steenburgen and Roddy McDowell. The film is about this woman who's like kind of a, played by Mary Steenburgen. She's like a kind of down on her luck actress who's like kind of looking to get any bit part she can, you know, because her and her husband aren't really doing well financially. They like kind of in a crummy apartment and they, you know, she needs the work. So she answers this ad where there's an audition and she goes to the audition. The person auditioning her is, is Roddy McDowell. As soon as he looks at her, he just gives her the role. And it wasn't because of her skill. It was much more insidious than that. There is some like backstory that they start the film with, but that's kind of done in a hush-hush kind of way. But somebody's murdered in, right in the beginning of the film before the credits roll, but you don't really know who it is. Some woman, she's killed in her car, and you think it's more like to, uh, I don't know, steal her money or whatever. I, you don't really know the backstory of what's going on here. Just And the woman who's murdered, she's strangled in a car, and they cut off her finger. But they don't show it. They more allude to it. I think that's what I liked about this kind of film is because I, I can kind of tell even from when I was reading it, like, this is going to be a... a either like a suspense thriller horror film, but it's not going to be terribly gruesome. There is a little bit of gore in it, but I mean, very minimal. Mary Steenburgen's character basically gets the gets the, the acting actress lead job and she's they're telling her, oh, we have to go up to this because uh, she's a based in New York City and they need to go to some um, really hidden estate in uh, upstate New York somewhere. So she's got to like basically leave the next day. And, you know, her husband's not happy with it, but he's kind of being a jerk off too, you know, because he's, he's kind of a lame idiot. So she's like, look, I need the, I need the money. We need the work. I need to go. So she goes, she rides up to this estate in the middle of fucking nowhere in New York. Roddy McDowell drives her and she gets there and there's this uh, elderly gentleman, if you want to call him that, in a wheelchair, who is the, the producer of the film. So they basically have to groom her because they, the, the, what the backstory was is why they had to get up, get 
get her into this place so quickly is that there there was a, already a production film or there was already a film in production I should say and they claim that the actress the main actress in it quit before they could finish the film they needed to find a replacement that looked as close to her as possible to edit into the scenes well that's not really the case there's more that kind of there's different skin of the onion that peels back and she starts figuring out that these people are full of shit and at first they seem very charming this is a very beautiful estate you know like old mansion with all this old antique shit in it and you know she's thinking that oh this is this is this is an interesting opportunity but it's not it's she's duped not gonna say how she's duped but it is not a nice way she's duped so they give her a makeover you know they cut her hair and like Roddy McDowell's a sort of like almost like his character is almost like a butler jack of all trades guy and he like does all this stuff for this old guy in the wheelchair i mean and i mean and i mean anything for him and um you know he, t- he cuts this cuts mary steen virgin's hair dyes it you know gets clothes clothing that looks like this actress and to make sure their headshots look exactly the same and all that and they have to do like a promo video like a like a, an audition tape which she's already auditioned which is that's that's the part i didn't quite understand but i, I don't know i don't know the ins and outs of what they do by behind the scenes when they're making a film. And uh, so she's she's doing this audition tape thing and um but they say it's because they have to go it has to go to the director who's in apparently somewhere else i think they've mentioned he might have been in canada or something like that well there is no director of the film it's a kind of a cat and mouse blackmail sort of thing that these um two characters the elderly man in the wheelchair and roddy mcdowell are up to and she starts to figure out shit when she finds her driver's license being burned in a in a fireplace and she could the other thing was she was supposed to call her husband as soon as she got there. The phones were dead, of course. There, and they blame it on the winter because that's the thing. The dead of winter, there's like minus 40 temperatures, nonstop snow constantly. It's really, really bleak. And I'm going to stop there with giving away the plot because I don't want to, I don't want to say everything that happens because there is a surprise to it. And um, I'm going to stop there. But was it good? Yeah, actually it was good. It was a good, it was, it was a good suspense thriller. You know, it was something I, th- I I vaguely remember when it came out. I think I saw a trailer for it. But yeah, understand. It was probably when I was a little kid and I didn't really remember if it, what the hell it was. <laughs> I liked it. I did like it. I mean, it was it was very suspenseful. I'm not going to give away anything else about the plot. And in case you want to know where to find it, it's on Amazon Prime as of now. And did I think it was a good original suspense thriller? Yeah, actually, I do. I mean, I mean, there probably was other films that in history that were like it, but I can't really recall any off the top of my head. But I could see that sort of premise working in, a, um, you know, an older film from like the 50s or early 60s where there's like somebody's led into isolation and again, you know, with false pretenses. So I liked it. I recommend it if you're sick of all the rest of the shit that is the the, the fucking regurgitated shit. Much like Fleming mentioned in his uh, in his uh, voicemail, this is a good one to break that sort of uh, that fucking shitty pattern. Dead of, the Dead of Winter, starring Mary Steenburgen and Roddy McDowell. 
And let's keep going with some music here. Um, since this is episode C of My Guria, we're going to go with another band that starts with C. And I already played Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds. And this is actually a band that is related to them. But the weird part is, is that they really, the only true common denominator between both bands is Mick Harvey. He was a member of both bands. He's no longer a member of either of those bands either, from what I understand. I mean, I know he's definitely not in the Bad Seeds anymore. I don't know if he will occasionally work with crime in the city's solution or not but that's the band crime in the city solution how i got into them was was just odd and it was before i ever discovered nick cave (laughs) back when i was a teenager i used to like not spend my lunch money on the weekends if i could get out to any kind of store i would be you know digging through the bargain bins because that's all i could afford you know if if i didn't spend my lunch money about the most i'd have by the end of the week would maybe be five bucks So I would go and I would really dig through these bargain bins just to find something I had never heard of before. And I I was interested in in building my collection. And I would go through these things and I would usually pick out the stuff with the oddest names or the oddest artwork because it's just something about it would stick out to me, you know, for whatever reason. It wasn't like I knew who it was. I was just like I was curious enough to to explore and Crime in the City Solutions Paradise Discotheque, I found in a bargain bin at Camelot Music, and I believe it was in 1991 when I found it. And the album, I believe, came out in 1990, so it wasn't even that old and it was already in the bargain bin. But to come to think of it, now that I remember, it, it came in one of those long boxes that they used to put CDs in. So I, I believe it was probably a cutout that they had put in there. And there was there was other mute record stuff in that in that bin at that time. I just I don't know. None of it really appealed to me. Something about I can't really recall what it was. I think it was probably their name because their name was unusual. And I figured out oh, for 25 cents. What the fuck? You know, I mean, if it's good, it's good. It's bad. It's bad. I only spent 25 cents. <laughs> And I know I bought some other shit too, but nothing that really stuck with me quite like this band did. So what I'm going to play is the first song off of Paradise Discotech. And the song is I Have the Gun here on My Guria. This road is my road. This road is your road. This road is our road.
So anyhow, thanks for the the voice messages that were left for this episode. And I do encourage people to continue leaving those for me so I have something to sort of take a break from my rambling on about. This one is from, this call seems to come in from Brenda Hutchinson. I'm not familiar with that name. So here here's the call. Let's see what Brenda has to say. Hi, Julie. This is Brenda Hutchinson with Dr. Solowski's office calling to confirm your appointment at 10 a.m. on Friday for the worms in your stool. Please make sure not to take any food or water six hours before your visit. Dr. Solowski is requesting you provide him with an extra large stool sample this time, as apparently the last time you did not provide him with enough. Thank you and have a good day. Okay, I don't think I really wanted to play that one out loud during this episode. I guess that explains why I've been so goddamn hungry lately. Oh, well. And we have yet another voice clip. Thank you for those who left messages. And I, like I was saying, I would like if you guys continued to leave mess- to leave me messages. So you go to anchor.fm slash migria, press the message button on the page. Hopefully it works. Apparently there seems to be a problem if you're like um, possibly out of the country. I don't know. It could be some, some fucking web settings. I have no idea. Okay, this next one comes in from an individual named Monkey. Okay, Monkey. Uh, here you go. You got the floor. Oh, girl, Miss Jules, I got a song for you, and it says how they do, because the sky is blue, and it's all because of you, with your cramps, and your problems, and your love, and your funny, and your music, and your troubles, and we love you. So keep doing this, girl. People are listening. We love you. It's a mess. Travis sitting here going, oh, girl. Oh, shit. Sitting there going, oh, my God. So what they can say, they were going like this. They were talking to me, and they said, you know that girl, her name Jules Finley? I said, yeah. I heard about her. She trouble. I said, stay away from her because she started a podcast, and she's going to mess you up so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. Well, I guess I said... You could leave me a message of anything, and that's exactly what Monkey did. Thanks, Monkey Man. I I appreciated all that. Give Travis a little dog cuddles from Jules. He's probably just as stoned as you are. <laughs> Speaking of stoned, uh, I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> and to keep going with the episode C theme of music, the next one I'm going to showcase here is... Jarvis Cocker's uh, I Never Said I Was Deep from his Further Complications album. I believe, ah, Jesus, I can't remember what year it came out. I'm thinking 2010 or 12 or something like that. See, after like, after the year 2000, I can't remember. You'd think I'd remember it easier if I'm if it's closer in time, but no. I remember years much less after 2000 just because maybe maybe because since the year 2000 everything's fucking sucked except for musicians that have continued where they started long before then and jarvis cocker comes from pulp pulp has been a band 
or at least they were a band since he formed it in 1977 in Sheffield. He had many different incarnations of it, and Pulp finally got success in the 90s, which I have to say, that's that's a lot, a lot, a lot of toiling, you know, chugging along there without getting much um, respect. And then you'd think that somebody would, you know, give up after a while, but not Jarvis. <laughs> and I'm glad he didn't because... The stuff that Pulp came out with in the 90s was, it was categorized as Britpop, but it was much more, I feel it was much more sophisticated than that. They had a completely different sound than Blur, Oasis, Supergrass, Elastica, whoever the fuck else was from that era. Pulp, they sounded like they were an older group. All those other bands sounded young and like just on drugs and directionless. And Pulp were like, you know, probably at least 10, 15 years older than some of the other ones. And it reflected in the uh, the lyrics, which is what I really locked on to when I heard, first heard Pulp. I'm like, holy crap, these are fucking great lyrics. And they're, they're, they're storytelling. Again, like I was saying before, like I really like... Very, I mean, if I'm going to listen to lyricists that are like kind of, you, you know, you have to kind of listen to their intricacies if they're not really much of a singer, but you got to listen to their way they, I don't know, the way they tell their stories. The story better be fucking good. <laughs> and granted, Jarvis is a singer, but he's, I wouldn't say he's a, a great singer, but he's a unique singer. I, I like how he sounds because it works with what he's, with what he's written and the stylings of music around him have always been really, you know, spot on with what he's trying to convey. But Pulp, I, I'm not even really sure if Pulp are still technically a band anymore. It's like, it seems like they kind of have like these on and off sort of, they might come out with a single or a reunion concert type of thing. And then they just sort of just stop, but there's no real like, and there's no real word on whether or not they're, they're broken up permanently. But I think probably a lot of the, you know, the, the members of the group are probably a lot of them might be in some kind of, they might be retired at this point if they just might've gotten burned out from it, but I don't know. I don't know their stories. But what I do know is that Jarvis has been very active in many different facets of uh, entertainment since Pulp's, um, I wouldn't say, I can't say demise, just since they kind of went dormant. And he's had several albums, and this one, Further Complications, was, uh, it was different from a lot of his other ones. It's it's, it's very rough around the edges and um, probably the closest, it's, it's almost like, only way I can describe it is like midlife crisis, latent punk. <laughs> I can't even say punk because it's actually much better than, than punk because at least the, the musicians can actually play their fucking instruments. But the song I'm going to play isn't really one of the more noisy songs on the album. This one is called I Never Said I Was Deep. And the so the fucking song, the lyrics to this song are so fucking funny because he's basically admitting he's an asshole. <laughs> and uh, he's not relationship material. <laughs> and that kind of, I guess that ties in with the, um, the whatchamacallit, the uh, fucking theme I got going on with bad dating that, you know, with these people who are just, just... <laughs> There's the reason. There's a reason they're single, and I never said I was deep. By Jarvis Cocker, pretty much spells out why he's single in the most hilarious kind of way. So this is from Jarvis Cocker's further complications. This is I never said I was deep. Ooh, some girls like to play it dirty. Some girls want to be your mom. Me, I did. 
disrespected you Whilst we were waiting for the taxi to come My morality is shabby My behaviour unacceptable No, I'm not looking for a relationship Just a This episode's shitty job, since this seems to be a well-received segment. I think I'm going to keep going with this because, I don't know, there just seems to be no shortage of shitty jobs out there. And here we go. This is our first one. Job title, Executive Personal Assistant. Full job description. I'm looking for an amazing part-time or full-time personal assistant to join our team here in, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the city, tech-savvy. Fast-paced, intelligent, fun to be around, and motivated is a definite must in this role. We are high-volume real estate investors. Oh, Christ, here we go. Fucking real estate investors. I work with plenty of them. I quit because they were assholes. Anyhow, real estate investors. So real estate, construction, or similar industry experience would be helpful but isn't required. My full-time personal assistant is going back to school in two weeks and will go part-time, so I'm looking for another amazing assistant to help fill in during the days she's not here. This will be a long-term permanent role and part-time can easily become full-time if you want it to be. Basically saying they may really like the assistant that they're trying to replace or at least fill in the gap for, but they're willing to cut her loose because if she's going back to school, she's probably going to demand more money at some point. Okay, either way, if you apply, please be sure you're available and committed to this job long term. We need the exact right fit for this role. Oh, I bet you do. You'll be working Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. You'll be in group chats in constant communication with my current personal assistant as you two will need to work together seamlessly. She's absolutely amazing and you two will get along super well if you're a great person like she is. (laughs) Super well. Whatever. She wants to stay full-time, but I'm making her take two days off to focus on school so she can get her master's degree. Oh, there we go. Here it is, the master's degree. Yeah, this person does not, this great personal assistant does not want to work for this asshole if that's what they're doing. Since you'll work on a variety of tasks that will change all the time, you have to be adaptable, fast on your feet, and once again, intelligent. And by the way, they spelled intelligent incorrectly. I have a severe case of ADHD and I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Translation, I'm a fucking asshole. I'm very specific on everything I want, Mm mm-hmm. If you're not used to working with someone like that, this won't be the role for you. (laughs) What 
a fucking jerk. You'll be my number one person for information, organization, managing my schedule and calendar, making, managing marketing and data tasks, working with our vendors and partners, scheduling and ordering items, negotiating with an entire host of suppliers and, <clears throat> and vendors, excuse me, and licking my bunghole. You'll do everything from making lunch <laughs> to helping me manage a $50,000 a month marketing budget. Jesus, the fuck? Man, I had like maybe fucking $10 to work with a month. And ensure that all marketing goes out like clockwork. Well, yeah, if you got $50,000 to spend on a month, this person better know what the fuck they're doing. I'm extremely fast-paced and have a ma major case of ADHD. Didn't they just fucking say that? Really, not just saying that in parentheses. So it's your job to keep me on track and on task and take over all the extra overflow tasks so I can focus on my top five core competencies that must be done for our business to run properly. Holy shit, could you imagine working for this asshole? But it goes on. I have to be able to delegate super important stuff to you and trust that you'll get it done and find awesome ways to speed it up, streamline it, and turn it into a system and a process that others on the team will follow. Nobody ever follows this kind of fucking shit. Since we'll be working together a ton, the way this person writes, I swear to God, how fucking old are they? How are they, how are they a functioning fucking, like, adult? Oh, barely by, you know, what they're asking for here. But anyhow, it says, since we'll be working together a ton, most likely sharing an office, <sighs> you have to be positive, motivated, upbeat, and fun to be around most of the time. Bad days are okay, it certainly happened, but I'm looking for a drama-free assistant to enjoy working with who will help me get three times the productivity out of my time and ensure I'm not wasting time on tasks that others should or could be doing. <laughs> drama-free, huh? <laughs> on a normal day, which changes all the time, you'll find yourself split 70% on marketing and tracking tasks and 30% on personal assistant tasks. Yeah, like getting their fucking oil changed in their car, picking up their fucking kid from daycare because they're divorced. They're probably like on their third marriage and um, the kid fucking hates them and they'll be lucky if they spend five minutes with them. <laughs> don't worry, you don't need to be an expert marketer. Well, yeah, you fucking do if you're actually doing marketing and in this fucking, cl this COVID climate, are you fucking kidding me? You have to actually work even harder to get anybody to budge on a fucking, on their dollar here. You simply need to be tech savvy enough to perform the functions we need and track it all with excellent focus. Basically means, can you operate a cell phone? Excuse me, smartphone. And I'm sure you'll be, you'll be programming this person's iPhone every time they download an attachment that fucks up their whole phone. And they'll throw it at you and try to have you make sense of their fucking idiocy. There's more. You'll assist others as needing, as needed, including the COO, the sales manager, and others, but your priority will always be my stuff. This sounds exactly like the office I used to work in. This really does. There, were, there was an, an absolute, there was more than one asshole like this, but it gets, it gets, there's more. I can't believe how much information on this one. This is, this is going to be a lengthy one. You'll work in CRMs, bill payment systems, QuickBooks, Type a ton of stuff, 60 plus words per minute required. <laughs> Call and do major in-depth research on dozens of things, on dozens of things to find the best answer. Wow, that couldn't be more fucking vague. Help out with accounts receivable and accounts payable each week and preparing invoices, paying contractors, etc. 
You'll make lunch. They said that again. So basically, you're gonna be making this fucking person's lunch. Ensure the office is stocked and supplied with everything. Drinks, groceries, supplies, paper, etc. And so much more. You'll work with our vendors, negotiate new flooring accounts and suppliers. Call roofing crews, call landscape crews, and get work done on tight timelines. You'll visit job sites sometimes and ensure the work is done. Take pictures, post realtor signs, etc. You'll handle and track expenses, our marketing budget, and so much more. Basically, you're going to be doing, you're going to be running the whole fucking office, but you're not going to have any clout to speak of. Oh, how rewarding that sounds. Great. Here, oh, wow, there's more. There's more. There is more. Wow, this is a very long job description. Great example. I wanted a baby kitten just now. What the fuck does this have to do with real estate? A very specific type of kitten. My personal assistant, Heather, called, emailed, texted, and chased it, ch- chased down 57 different places with very specific instructions just to find this kitten. Oh my fucking God. She joined Facebook groups, got referrals to the right breeder, went to the certified TICA website, and found breeder referrals from there and ended up sourcing the perfect specimen at a great price with all the certifications we need from the a- from AR, arrange the flight, etc. I-, I hate this person. I really do. She has five ongoing major projects right now that are all similar in scope and scale, tax stuff, new insurance companies to compare that require five to ten hours each of documentation, new accounts receivable, accounts payable software to compare, which involves five different web demos of one hour each, chasing down a specific type of oral surgeon for some major dentistry work, and reading 200 local reviews, etc. Jesus, I feel fucking bad for this personal assistant. No wonder why they're trying to get the fuck away from this asshole. It's a detail-oriented, and it's capitalized and bolded. It's a detail-oriented job, and nothing less than near perfection is acceptable. You're in charge of big things, large dollar amounts, things that are critical. Only the best will do. Beyond that, you have a very pri- you have to be very private and a vault with details. What the fuck? I will trust you and my other personal assistant with information, secrets, personal stuff, etc. that I'll never share with the public or my general team. Oh, oh, with all that embezzling and the fucking hookers and blow. Actually, I can't tell if this asshole's male or female, but either way, there's somebody that clearly has some fucking slam piece on the sides or several probably does drugs too because you couldn't be this fucking hyper without some fucking blow all right if you're not an absolute vault with information i'll never trust you and this will not be the fit for you oh my fucking god my current personal assistant keeps me on task focused etc she tracks my entire life in google keep keeps my calendar my travel my plans books my vacations, and negotiates discounts to save money. I am looking for someone who has the right heart and spirit, meaning there are dozens of things that are important to to me that simply don't ever get done the way I want them to because we're too busy. Thank you cards to clients and friends or special gifts that have meaning sent at the right time. Oh, because that's so sincere having somebody else buy gifts for somebody that they don't even fucking know. Yeah, meaning sent at the right time to the client who was sick. We do birthday parties for our co-workers and often rent out the VIP suite for bowling parties. Oh, what a great time. But I want to kick up these, these, these type of outings a notch. Good luck with that in this COVID world. 
Our team is my number one priority and the only reason I love what I do so much. After all, out of the 13 here, oh my god, the same size office was what I fucking worked at. Half of them are friends and family, yup. And we quickly adopt the other half. You bullshit. They did fucking adopt the other half to throw them under the fucking bus. <sighs> we have an amazing team here. Everyone here is, a, is an excellent is an excellent culture and team fit. Does that even make any fucking sense? Or we would not keep them. It's super important that you fit into that as well. It's a fun place to work. I'm sure it, it, I'm sure it totally isn't. But it's fast-paced, sometimes stressful, and certainly crazy. Yeah, I got the crazy part. If you're not good at organizing chaos <laughs> and getting things done with only one third of the information, oh my God, this is where I worked. This will not be for you. I'm looking for an assistant that will help me get three times the productivity out of my time and ensure I'm not wasting it on tasks that others should be or could be doing. They fucking said that already. Being a small growing company, we all wear multiple hats. We all pitch in when needed to help each other. If you're not that kind of person, you just will not fit in well here. <laughs> Compensation. Here we fucking go. Starting. $10 an hour. <laughs> this is the fucking place I must... I swear, this must be the place I worked at. This is, this is just as shitty. And there's still more... Oh my god, how fucking long is this going on for? Okay. I thought they already went over responsibilities, but apparently fucking not, because here's more. Your responsibilities, very tech inclined and, and able to do, and able to work with our vendors and suppliers. You'll need to be savvy enough to hire freelancers and others to create marketing databases, scripts, and other things on Upwork and control their productivity and manage the results to ensure what we want to help our business operate more efficiently. Upwork, huh? Yeah, you fucking lowball pieces of shit. Needs to be a less is more worker. Uh, okay, meaning anything you see that we do repeatedly, you need to find a way to automate or delegate a solution that has the least possible cost. Cheap fucking bastards. So we have all the time to work on our highest and best use and not be boggled down by the small details or minutia. <laughs> Able to mentally handle large volumes of data and classify, manipulate within Excel or Google Sheets and track. Able to get on the phone and call specific targets for information and achieve the result, which often means being persuasive. You understand that the job doesn't end when the clock strikes 6 p.m. Oh, yes I do. I definitely understand that. And I understand that you assholes wanna not pay this fucking person after they're done working. That mean, meaning again, I am ADHD and disorganized. There will certainly be times I need to a question. That doesn't even make any fucking sense. Ping on Facebook for a quick solution, etc. I won't abuse that. Yes, you will. But the right person will have a home life that makes that okay. What? During the first months, there will be a ton to learn and a ton to do, which will involve you taking some work home with you to get it done. We all do that and we all do it when needed, and we all pitch in. God, I hate, I hate these fucking, I hate this person. Okay, must love organization to keep our systems organized as well as my life organized. Oh, because you know what, you're too above fucking your own, dealing with your own responsibilities. Everything has a place and you always know where that place is because I don't ever, not my job. Actually, asshole, to keep your life organized, it is your own fucking job, but you're an asshole. 
that's not an excuse to not do your own personal responsibilities. But apparently, being an asshole, if you if you are an, if you are an asshole, that that apparently makes you exempt from responsibility. I can't believe how long this fucking thing is. Understand secrecy and privacy. Not only is your job here very private and restricted, restricted to top management level folks on the team, but I always keep my personal life private as well. Yeah, right. You will be a vault. There it is again with information and respect and maintain that privacy and always will be my eyes and ears. Basically meaning that you're going to be spying on your other fucking co- the co-workers that are the competition. Because if this is a real estate firm, they're working for themselves under an umbrella of a franchise, but they pretend to like each other, but they all really fucking hate each other. <laughs> and all of them are competing against one another for clients, for the biggest sales, for the fucking parking spot or whatever the hell it is. God, this is such a fucking, this person's such an asshole. If someone is creating drama in the office, which I guess if you're going to be do the being the eyes and ears, that would be you. You and I are to be a team and you're to report it to me like so we can address it. <laughs> Above all else, I'm looking for someone I like, enjoy working with, and can get along well with. If you're not looking for that camaraderie and fun work-life atmosphere, please do not apply. Oh, no problem. I won't be doing that. If you're only looking for a job and a paycheck and not wanting to join a long-term career in a family fun environment, please do not apply. No problem. Part of being in this role and at this level of trust means you're doing something super, let me, it's very fucking bolded in capital letters, super important in our business. Don't they, do they know any other adjectives other than fucking super? If you're not ultra reliable and rarely miss work, you won't be a fit. Wait, what? If you're not ultra reliable and rarely miss work, you won't be a fit? Okay. Your job here will have a huge direct impact on our bottom line and to me, and that means supporting our team members and their families so they can make more and more and more money. <laughs> if you're not a team first person, this isn't for you. We're all about the team here. No, you're not. And the culture and fun are equally or more important to me than making huge profits. Bullshit. It's the entire reason I'm in business after retiring in 2015, getting bored and wanting to come back and serve others and have, with, and have fun with a team that makes it feel like it isn't really work. <laughs> okay, this has got to be my old fucking... I swear to God, this has got to be my old boss or one of the old bosses that worked or one of the old owners of the business because I know he doesn't... I know he doesn't own the business anymore. He fucking sold it and then he left it. And the thing is, it was sold to another uh, company and then he stayed on for a little while and then he said he was retiring and then I heard he's back being a fucking agent again. <laughs> I swear this has got to be the same idiot. The hours fly by in a good way. You feel accomplished and productive all day and things just flow. Sure, there are certainly some bad days. Of course there are. I think every fucking day would be a bad day working with this asshole. Stressful days, etc. It's not all roses and parades overall. Yeah, no shit. We keep it fun and love what we do. Must be great at working alone. And also side by side with me and Heather. Sounds like a weird proposition. Must represent me very well on the phone and in all text, phone, and written communications. Folks will talk to you more than me. <laughs> You'll manage my calendar, email, doctor appointments, client, vendor relations. One of our clients is worth $110 million. 
you will you must know how to speak with to him the same way you'll speak to the client that's worth $250. I often fly a million miles a minute and make quick decisions. Oh, so he he basically flies by the seat of his pants. It's what leads to success. No, it doesn't. Sometimes I need someone I trust to talk through a problem or idea and I need solid solid sound well thought out feedback and advice as if they're going to fucking listen to it. I need someone that can keep up with me and someone that will offer me more rational will offer the more rational side to counteract my occasional hysteria and rapid pace. Okay, so at least they're being honest and telling who's ever reading this they're fucking lunatic. I can't believe how much more there is. This person is clearly fucking insane. Must understand that everything in our office is sales, capitalized. Every every letter in the word sales. Every role in some way. If you're if you're in actual sales, you're ne- negotiating prices on homes. If you're our transaction coordinator, you're seeking to maximize the sale price of a home while saving money on fees with our title company. If you're in our marketing department, which is where I worked, you're negotiating in bulk on our direct mail and other marketing channels, yeah, as well as being an administrative assistant and somebody who fucking cleans up the office and doesn't get fucking paid nearly what they're fucking worth. If you're in the rehab department, you're negotiating with contractors, materials, suppliers, etc. So if you hate to haggle and it makes you uncomfortable in any way, this may not be a good fit. It will be required and will be frequent. Haggle. Are we are we like in India? Last I thought this was the United States. Okay. And the better you do, the more you'll shine here and bonuses are a commonplace thing. Seeking out the best deal on everything and saving money is how we save tens of thousands every year. Like I said, they're cheap bastards. That doesn't always mean the lowest price at all. It means the best value for what we want. You'll negotiate shipping, insurance, vehicle insurance, supplies and materials for marketing, cards, data providers, copiers, etc. I've said it a few times, so I'll say it again. You have to be a tech-inclined individual. G Suite, Excel, Word, Access, Dropbox, CRMs, manipulating and pulling data from resources we provide, scheduling, tracking via calendars, downloading and resizing docs and pics, managing the CRM and sharing permissions with me and several different pieces of tech I'll show and train you on. Yeah, I'm sure they fucking know what they're doing. None of it is really hard, and that's in quotes. Yeah, I'm sure. It's mostly ensuring that something that has 14 steps across multiple days is fully completed on time, nearly perfectly every single time. And here, this whole sentence is bolded and capitalized. Your number one thing here is keeping me on my highest and best use. Everyone in our office can do the dishes. Only I create the marketing or launch the branding that will add another six-figure monthly revenue stream, so I have to be focused. You will find major success here by making sure I am on task, focused, working hard, and that all distractions are kept at bay. That means you and Heather are my gatekeepers and that you will, in in essence, be my manager in tandem with her on day one, even over the other's more senior folks in the office. Don't worry, they get it, and they'll never take it personally. Bullshit. <laughs> they all want me to be more focused and doing more as they know it impacts the bottom line and helps them far more than being accessible every three minutes does. Yeah, that's such a great environment to be in where everyone fucking hates you. That's great. You have to keep me on track. Systems, calendars, desk organization, food, fridge, stocking, all of it. I give the keys to my work life over to you and put you in charge. My wife, Heather, and you will communicate often without me even knowing it, making sure I do the things I am supposed to do each day. 
you'll run errands. <clears throat> run errands, meaning you better have your own car and they're not going to give you any fucking reimbursement. Set appointments, record, record meetings and minutes, sit in on future interviews to give me your opinion. Place jo job ads like this one. Help me manage expense sheets. Run team meetings when I'm absent. And about 20 more things. What's the atmosphere like? <laughs> How about happily frenetic? Maybe that's it. It's fast paced. You're going on 30% of the info and need to be, to use context clues, intuition, and intelligence to figure things out. You mean you got a fucking mind read. And while the entire team is cheering you on and wanting to see you succeed, bullshit, we're all here to help. We're, we're, all, we're also all so busy, hence this hiring ad, that you definitely need to be a motivated problem solver, quick-witted and sharp. There's a ton of room for growth. No, there isn't. You're gonna stay at the fucking bottom of the food chain no matter what this asshole says. You'll either be a perfect fit here or you'll stick out like a sore thumb. If you are that perfect fit, I can promise you you'll love your career here more than anywhere else you've ever been and you'll be well rewarded for it. The P is just where it starts. We offer many other perks, bonuses, raises, etc., for awesome people that make our lives better. So that $10 an hour was such a fucking perk. Qualifications. Experience using Microsoft Office. Excellent communication skills, time management skills, interpersonal skills, and organizational skills. At least two percent, or at least two plus years of experience as an executive assistant or experience performing supportive duties. Possess a high school diploma, GED, or equivalent. Oh, at least it's not a master's degree this time. Experience handling confidential information and adhering to strict deadlines. Heavy tech experience, tons of different programs and modalities. 60 plus words per minute typing speed, which is slow. I type 110. <sighs> yeah, fucking right. Real estate, mortgage, construction, or title experience is always helpful, but not required. Marketing and sales experience is super helpful, but not required. Two plus years personal or executive assistance experience is needed. They just said that fucking three, three uh, bullet points back. Two plus, okay, here we go. Here's the word. This is the, this is the word when you fucking see this in a, in a job ad, you just need to fucking run. Rockstar at creating systems. Word rockstar right there. Rockstar creating systems, procedure manuals, recording videos to show trainees how to do something, and an easy ability to make our clients, vendors, contractors, coworkers, etc., like you and enjoy talking to you and, sp and spending time with you. You need to be able to keep up with me! Exclamation point. Seriously, this is no easy feat. I'm fast-paced, and since I learn everything quickly without much effort, yeah, apparently you don't know how to learn to be a fucking normal person. You have to be sharp, intelligent, witty, and fun. I'm always happy to help. No, you're not but you're here to help me have more time so I can, can't be spending too much time showing you the very basic stuff. In other words, he's gonna throw a pile of shit at you and you gotta sift out the corn kernels. I'll expect you to be well above the basics and anything else specialized to learn, there'll be resources for it. No, there won't, they're not gonna fucking pay. They're not gonna spring for you to learn anything. They fucking never do. Other employees, myself, or specific things, or YouTube University, that's what I'm talking about. Here's this free fucking Shit, I found on YouTube. This should show you how to do it. Yeah, because that's re that's totally reputable. It's totally accredited. YouTube and Google are often your friend, and you must be great at learning from both. <laughs> Fucking asshole. The less of the marketing, construction, real estate experience you have, the more you'll need to be willing to learn it after hours, nights, and weekends, etc., as it's basic to the functioning role of this job day one, so it's not a learn-on-the-clock thing. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get up 
to speed and, and, and real fast. If you're not committed to this, then you won't be a right fit here. Wait, I'm, I'm writing this ad at 6 p.m. on a Saturday evening and our office is closed every weekend. So we do what's important when needed and get it done. You will have no fucking life. I could ramble on forever, but it's time to end this super long job ad. Thank the fuck Christ. We offer a ton of perks such as healthcare reimbursement. That means that they don't they don't give you health insurance. They'll selectively reimburse you after you've paid out of pocket. <laughs> what a cunt. <laughs> 401k with match after six months. Bonuses, raises, rewards, and a ton of small thank yous in various forms. Paid sick days, paid vacation, paid holidays, birthday parties, team lunches, and a ton of fun. Base pay, $10 an hour, <laughs> depending upon experience. It's going to be $10 an hour anyway. You'll have plenty of opportunities to earn performance bonuses too, so if you're very good, you should be super handy with your pay here. Super handy? <laughs> oh no, super happy with your pay here. Who the fuck would be happy with this? Okay, if you read all this and you know for sure that this is the career you see yourself loving with a team you want to enjoy, tell me why in a cover letter and send me a great resume. Why is this job for you? Well, out of the 150 plus applicants we'll receive, yeah, you're fucking right. Unless you've got 150 plus morons reading this. Well, I am in Ohio. Yeah, they probably won't get that many actually because there's so many desperate people, but I'm not one of them. Why do I need to interview you immediately? Be as creative and thorough as you can, as we use this as the first line of defense to avoid wasting time reviewing 150 resumes. What a fucking asshole. And the ad says above, we're too busy for that. LOL. This fucking asshole wrote LOL in a fucking job. It, I, Rockstar was bad enough, but now I see fucking LOL. This person needs to fucking die. I swear to God. This fucking, this, this pandemic isn't thinning the herd fast enough, or uh, there's more people that need to fucking go, and this asshole clearly is one of them. And my ADHD would never allow me to review the 150 anyway, so I only see the ones that truly stand out in a big way. I, I almost feel like sending this guy a fucking letter with just a middle finger drawn on the paper, and that's it. <laughs> like, just fax it over, because that'd make it even funnier if it was faxed over. I truly look forward to hearing from you and I hope we get to work together soon. <sighs> Smiley face, Modicon. And then finally, about the company. We are a real estate investment company that buys and sells 20 to 25 plus homes and apartments every month. Flippers, that's what they are. We've been in business for 17 years and we're growing daily. We only buy quality homes in quality areas. We love the before and after transformation of home and the impact we make on the community. Like I said, flippers. We're looking for a few more A players to join our growing, thriving, rewarding team. Only the team first people will fit in here. No time for hierarchy issues. The best idea always wins and we are very much a sales office. No shit. Our core values are about achieving results today, bettering, our, bettering ourselves and our workplace daily, helping our team, helping our clients, and being full of integrity in all things we do. <sighs> Finally. I'm done reading this shit. I can't believe how long this fucking went on for. I couldn't believe how long this, this, I couldn't believe this shit. This is unreal. And in the whole duration of this, you probably may have heard clickety clacks in the background of Little, little Miss Fruitcake, my dog, being pushy for attention as I'm reading. But now my throat is sore and dry from wasting my breath on a piece of shit. So I hope nobody applies for this fucking job. 
And that's the shitty job of episode C. Shit job of the episode. Whatever we call this segment. Shitty job. That's what it is. Here on My Guria. What's the only thing that grows in Cleveland, Ohio? The crime rate. Going on with the music context of episode C, we're going to showcase here the one and only The Cramps. And The Cramps had many, many albums out and they were a very unique band. They're unique is kind of the understatement. They're, they had, I mean, it was, they had a formula. Okay. That's a, that's a better way to put it. They had a formula and they stuck to their formula throughout their career. And it really boiled down to it being Lux Interior and uh, Poison Ivy, the married couple. They're inseparable. And it's a shame that they're no longer a couple. And it's because of the fact that Lux died. Oh, I remember when he did die, too. I was so fucking bummed. I remember I was at I was at one of my old jobs at work and it was the day before my birthday. And I had been listening to music on my headphones all morning at work. And I had been listening to the cramps all morning, which was even more ironic. It's not, I mean, it's not like I listen to them every single day, but I go through my phases where I'm just like, I need something that cheers me up. And the cramps is a band that would cheer me up because they're, because they're, they're, they're silliness. You don't listen to the cramps for like, um, deep philosophical shit. <laughs> you listen to the cramps to be entertained, period. When I, when I would be at work, I hated my fucking job. So I listened to headphones to try to block out all the office banter that was going on. And at my lunch break, I would check the news, shit like that on the internet. And because I, I'm on, I guess, a fucking million music email list or something, I was checking my email and there was some kind of uh, headline that came through that Lux had passed. I was like, oh, fuck, come on, really? Like, it was just a weird coincidence because I had, like I said, I'd been listening to the cramps all morning and I was in like an upbeat mood only to be like kind of just, oh, God, you know, I was just, just depressed from it. And um, the other thing about the cramps, I, I, they were one of the bands, one of the, when I started getting into uh, concert photography, they were one of the first ones I, I really took seriously. And I, and that was when I was still working with film and I was actually kind of going through some of my archive recently and, I was looking through my cramps pictures and I just, I just got sad, you know, I was like, oh, they were so much fun. And my photos were great too. I don't actually, it made me miss, um, using film because something about film is forever and like digital photography, even though I've, that's what I mostly do now. Uh, I don't know how much longer I can say I'm doing that either because there's no concerts <laughs> and that's my forte is what I got into was live concert photography, um, was one of my creative outlets, but the film, film was just, I don't know. There was more of a crispness to it. There was more, even when there was a grain in it, it still had more, 
depth to it than, I mean, now if you, if you're something with a grain in it and it's digital, it's just fucking color noise. Half the time I turn my shit into black and white just because I, I miss the, that kind of grain and photo and, and like the film photography and I don't like the noise and color photography. Um, the other funny thing, I wouldn't say funny, but slightly ironic is I live in the town where Lux Interior grew up and I know exactly where his childhood house is. It's not even that far from mine. Um, I've walked the dog by it several times. But anyhow, the song I'm going to play is from their one of their more later albums in the 90s called Big Beat from Badsville. This song is called It Thing Hard On by The Cramps. I'm Igoria. follow the pattern I have in previous two episodes of Maigaria and it being thematic around the letter of the alphabet, I also pick something in my collection that is not good, to say the least. However, this is uh, something that's not good, but I really, really like. <laughs> I realize it's not good, but I can't help it. There's, It's endearing in its primitive way. Anyhow, what group I'm going to showcase for the, I guess, the shitty band. I can't, I can't even say shitty. <laughs> I'm not even sure how this is a band, to be honest with you. But the group I'm going to play here is K9ness. If you don't know who K9ness is, they were like a grindcore band that had two pit bulls as the lead singers. <laughs> yes, this was a real band. And uh, yes, I bought the CD. And yes, I fucking love the CD because... Sometimes you just need to listen to something ridiculous. And I'm actually going to play, since all their songs are so ridiculously short, I'm going to play the whole song. I'm not going to just play a clip. I'm going to play the whole song because it's actually probably shorter than some of the clips I've played. So here is the, I guess, the shitty song of episode C. This is K9ness with Human Rawhide.
Since we are now in fall, fall, autumn, whatever you want to call it. Actually, I prefer the word autumn as opposed to fall. That's just because, I mean, I know why, because I love the song. I love the song Autumn Albanac by the Kinks. I could play that, but I'm not gonna. What I am going to play, though, is something else that's seasonal. And I think everybody who listens or who is listening right now has definitely heard this song before. And that would be the Halloween theme by John Carpenter from the, obviously the film Halloween, but I don't have the Halloween soundtrack. What I, this, what this is from is um, John Carpenter was re-releasing, I wouldn't say re-releasing, he was kind of revamping, remastering some of um, his, because aside to being probably like my favorite film director, he also was a composer and did most of the compositions in his films. And that famous one from Halloween is that's thanks to him. I mean, it wasn't just that he directed and wrote the film. He (laughs) came up with that creepy little ditty that plays throughout and we all know it. And this is from his uh, album that he did with uh, his son, Cody Carpenter, which um, he's John Carpenter. Somebody's also the mother was and Adrian Barbeau because Carpenter and Barbeau used to be married at one point. So John Carpenter decided to do these albums with the help of his son, Cody Carpenter, as well as Daniel Davies. And Daniel Davies is the son of Dave Davies from the Kinks. I believe at some point when Dave was living in LA, he was the neighbor of John Carpenter and they became very close friends. And at some point, I guess Daniel Davies lived with John Carpenter when I guess Dave had to go back to the UK. I don't, I don't really know the, the ins and outs of that. That's kind of a gray area and I'm not going to go too much into it. But Daniel Davies is a, actually a very good musician in, in the footsteps of his father. It's one of those cases where a lot of times there's these uh, kids that are like musician or they, their parents are musicians and they try to do the same thing and it fucking sucks. <clears throat> Sean Lennon. Uh <laughs> That's the best example I could come up with. But yeah, there's been many instances where there's been just fucking um, offspring of a musicians. Their kids will uh, decide they have to come up with an album too. And it's usually just shit. Very rarely is it good. But Daniel Davies actually, his, he started with a band called Year Long Disaster, which I've, I did pick up a few of their albums and I really liked. And he's a great instrumentalist as well. So he's definitely got his, you know, he her- inherited well from his dad and his uncle. So this is from John Carpenter's anthology. This is Halloween.
And to continue on with the episode C focus on music, here's another band I found when I was a teenager digging through bargain bins. I looked at the cover of the album. It was so stupid looking. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? I know that seems to be a response I have to a lot of things I find in the bargain bin and end up buying. But this was so cheap that I'm like, I mean, it was actually, it was a cassette and it was 10 cents. And I was on the fence about whether I should buy it or not. But I'm like, ah, fuck it, 10 cents. All right, I'll buy this. It wasn't even wrapped in plastic. It was just open. It was so fucking cheap. I surprisingly ended up loving this cheap album and it's cheap sounding too and the album in question here is um a group called the cassandra complex and the album is called cyberpunks and yeah with an x at the end of it i mean the album cover is so stupid looking it looks like almost like a fucking stupid video game like missile command or i don't know this is something lame Really cheesy drawing on the cover. And I had no high hopes for this 10 cent cassette. <laughs> but I surprisingly loved this album and I used to play the shit out of it. And the song I'm going to play is the first one on the album called Nice Work If You Can Get It by the Cassandra Complex here on My Gurria. Again, with the uh, focus on the letter C in music in my collection, this has actually been really hard to narrow down some songs to play here because I, I just, like I said, I have too many things that start with C in my collection, and I could have I could have gone anywhere with this, honestly. But the ones I'm going to play, as you've heard, eh, they all have some weird quality to them, of course. But uh, the last song I'm going to play because I think I've showcased I don't know how many songs so far. At least seven or eight of them, I guess. Um, this one I got into as a teenager as well, but it was, come to think of it, I don't really know, I can't remember how I got a hold of this one, but it was a, but it wasn't one I bought. I had only a, a copy on cassette, so I must have known somebody who, who made me this tape, and I just can't recall who it was who gave it to me. But it, the album, which I have the album now, and I have it on vinyl, is um, from Coil's Horse Rotivator. Now, the song I'm going to play is Circles of Mania. And now when I was in 12th grade, I think it was 12th, 11th or 12th, I can't remember which year it was. I had a friend who had a car. I remember I I'd somehow acquired this horse rotivator towards the end of the school year. And she had just had, I don't know, she had some loser boyfriend who put in a, um, a new stereo system in her car. This guy was like one of these guys that was way too old to be dating her. But anyhow... <laughs> 
he put it in a stereo system in her in her like you know little compact car that she had and we had to um it was around the time of taking like final exams we you know the way final exams worked were that you didn't really go to school for a full day you had your exams assigned at a certain time on a certain day and unfortunately sometimes you'd have a uh, a fucking exam in the morning. You'd get done with it. You'd have to wait around until the fucking next one. And they were just so... And the next one would be till like late afternoon, which was just ridiculous because they weren't even serving lunch either because everything had to be blocked off because of proctors and exams and blah, 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 whatever. Well, there was one that I had to... I had one in the morning and I had to stick around for the afternoon. And a friend of mine, she came by... Um, she didn't have one in the morning, but she came by towards the afternoon... And, you know, she's just like, oh, let's go grab some food. So, of course, I went with her. And one of the things was, you know, she was trying to show off her new stereo. And I always had my my shitty knockoff Walkman, which was usually some crap by, like, fucking GPX or Yorks would break in two fucking seconds. And I'd always have another fucking $5 one. I'd always have that in my backpack with, like, a fucking pair of headphones that had been broken and retaped a million times. And she's just like, you got anything in your, uh, in your uh, cassette player, you know? Was that yeah? Because the stereo wasn't CD. It wasn't even CD. It was a cassette player. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because she was always kind of. I guess she sort of looked to me sometimes for the one that would source the weirdest shit. So we start. I put. I popped in coils horse rotavator, and she's just like, holy shit, this is fucked up. And as we get to the school, we were like had to wait in the park and I was sitting there fucking eating Burger King. So we're listening and like, you know, Circles of Mania comes on and she just starts fucking laughing her ass off. She's just like, this song is uh, unbelievable. And I'm like, I know, I know. It's, it's great, isn't it? She's like, well, I don't know how good it is. She goes, but it's it's totally obnoxious. And I'm and I'm like, yeah, I know. She goes, you know what we should do? And she's like, we should... uh since she goes, I can turn up my stereo really fucking loud. She goes, let's roll down the windows and play this shit at, like, full blast. She says, since all the fucking windows in the back of the school are open. And I'm like, shit, we're going to get in trouble if we do that. Because there's going to be people, there's there's proctors and shit wandering around all over the place. She's just like, fuck it, who cares? She goes, I'll just, t- I'll just drive away. I'm like, all right, all right. But it was funny because I had to lay the, kind of like lay down in the front seat. We, we don't want to be caught sitting in the car doing this, you know, like we, we parked in a way where they couldn't figure out what car it was coming from. <laughs> but anyhow, the part I'm going to play, the clip I'm going to play is the is the part of the song I kept fucking playing over and over again, rewinding and then replaying and laughing my ass off and doing it over and over again. And there was teachers and proctors coming out to the parking lot trying to figure out the source. So since we were ducked down in the car, they couldn't figure it. We'd stop it when they'd get close, so they couldn't figure out where the sound was coming from. So, howdy how. <laughs> here's, the, here's the part of the song I kept rewinding and playing over and over and over again. Um, this is <laughs> Coil's circle of, Circles of Mania from Horace Rotivator. Ha <laughs> 
And we have reached the end of episode C of My Gurria. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and please keep the interaction coming. Please go to anchor.fm slash and click that message button and leave me a voicemail. I'd love to hear more of that kind of shit. And, you know, I was, I was really glad to hear a question asked on top of the silly shit because, yeah, this is exactly it. This is a call and response type of thing. I'd like to have more of that. I'd like to have people ask me those sort of things, like how I feel about this or that. Gets my mind going. Um, so yeah, this is the end of this episode. This one, as you can tell, is quite a bit longer than the first two, which I'm quite surprised that I was able to come up again with this much uh, content. But I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you keep listening. Thanks again. I'm signing off. This is Jules at Mygaria. Mygaria.